get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Hey, where I'm, uh, now look, here's a house full of bees. Like you think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't kill people. tell you the story that I yelled at Huey Lewis once? No. Yes. <laughs> like in traffic? <laughs> no. I first, I had first moved down here. This must have been like 99, something like that. And I got a job on this landscaping crew. And we were working in Marin, like the really, really rich area of Marin. Mm-hmm. We were working on this multi, multi-million dollar house. There was like, they're doing extensive, giant remodel, right? There must have been 60 people working on this place, uh, which is where I met our old boss, by the way. Oh yeah, uh, Dave. Dave. Yeah, and um, I was there was this winding driveway that comes up, and we were loading soil, and people kept parking, like pulling in and just stopping their car because like they have all of these cars. There's limited parking. Sure, don't know where else to park. Most, most places in Marin. And this, and I'd been doing my job all day was just to keep cars from parking there, and I'm starting to get a little testy. It's like 11 at this point, you know, and just all day like. Seriously, you can't park in the middle of the road. Like, understand this. Like, this is not rocket science. <laughs> and this <laughs> probably should have been my first clue that this guy wasn't a drywaller, for example. <laughs> this, like, new Jaguar <laughs> like, pulls up. I was like, hey, you cannot park there. You can't block the road like this. This guy pops up, nice as could be. <laughs> He's all, totally sorry about that. Didn't realize it was in your way. He drops his car, and I was like, that was Huey Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Lewis. I don't recognize you. Big fan. <laughs> when I lived in the city, my girlfriend they had uh, they had free shows in the park, and um, she randomly went. Uh, there's play, there's a show in the park. It was a Sunday. Like, do you want to go see it? I was like, uh, not really. But who is it? She goes, Huey Lewis. I'm like, yeah, let's go check it out. One of the better shows I've ever seen, dude. They how were amazing! How undeniable is that song? It's good. Isn't it good? Heart like, and Soul it, is the best song, but that one's that one's up there. Imagine you've never heard of Huey Lewis before, yeah. and you heard that song for the first time today. Yeah. You'd be like, holy shit, this is good music. Yeah. And as you know, that song is from Back to the Future. Right. Right. And I just oh. have to pay off the <laughs> yeah, big fucking, time. what an idiot I am. I figured out when I got home what the difference between the two uh, roads, where we're going. We don't need roads. One was from the end of the first movie. 
the others from the beginning of ah. the second movie. <laughs> That's why they're different. So is this a Liberty Tree correction? Big time. Okay, I got one too. So. Okay, go ahead. What is it? <laughs> um, my mom, of all people, brought this to my attention. Mm. Is I talked about that the AARP had mandated an eighth booster. And my mom said, I'm part of AARP. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's correct. Okay. And I was like, okay, let me look it up. I could not, I don't know. I tried to go through my notes to figure out like where, what my resource was for that. <laughs> I cannot find anything. So for all we know, you just made that up out of thin No, air. I definitely heard it somewhere. I think I heard it on another podcast and, okay. and I did do my due diligence and fact checked it myself, which I usually try to do. I mean, I did, I... When you said that, I mentioned, I said, how the hell is AARP going to mandate anything? They have no so power, right? So you're, you were at a minus one, now you're back to zero. <laughs> good, <laughs> good. All right. That's what my mom says. She goes, how would they mandate that? Like, yeah. well, that's why I said they're not going to send you your magazine anymore. <laughs> you better get that booster. <laughs> Living without intestines. <laughs> you rascal. Oh, chick playing pickleball. <laughs> All right, so we both shit the bed last episode. Yeah, that's right. We'll step it up this one. We'll make up for it, guys. Yeah. We're sorry. One of the best things about Huey Lewis is he's like a super classy guy. So actually, yeah. our old boss, Dave, he goes, yeah, I went and saw Huey Lewis kind of back in the day. And some chick threw her bra onto the stage, and he, like, lectured her. Oh, he goes, really? ma'am, I'm a married man. I don't appreciate that. Like, let's have a little class for the rest of the show. <laughs> I was like, man, I just knew that guy was like a class act. I guess his wife was at that show. But he would tell stories when I saw them. So this must have been 2008, something like that. And just super, he would tell stories in between the songs about each band member. And like, this guy's from so-and-so and I know him. And they were telling like, because they, they got together in like high school. Hmm. But he, he told a story, which I thought was kind of interesting, is the, the kind of backbone, no pun intended, if you're a music guy, uh, is very like R&B soul. They were way into like Motown and stuff like that. And they were talking about like, yeah, we were nerds because everyone was into like Foreigner and like more of this rock and roll. Yeah. And they were, or, you know, Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. And they were way into like Smokey Robinson, mm. James Brown and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Yeah, we were complete. They were like punk rock kids, you know, back in the sure. day because they were like into this, all this kind of Motown and soul stuff. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Nice. And you can hear it in their music. I mean, it's just like full. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, fucking groove in every song. Yeah. Um, so I told you earlier my uncle died. Yeah. And I wanted to just uh, tell a quick story that I was thinking of today awesome. in his honor. Um, there's a million stories that this guy told me that are just... He's pretty each, close each one of to them. Any, uh, a legend as a person can be. Yeah. So this is probably not, you know, the funniest thing that I could have told a story about with uncle Jim, but, uh, for whatever reason I was, this story popped into my head today when I was thinking about him, he used to do, he would help his son out with all his restaurants. Yeah. And, um, some of them that I worked at and after <clears throat> years after I worked at the restaurant, I would work with my uncle to help fix things around the restaurants, right. just carpentry stuff or water heaters, whatever. And Jim was telling me about, um, this time that he was fucking with some like light fixture or something in up on the ceiling, he was up on a ladder and he's right by the speaker for the restaurant. And it was, I think it was like a, a Saturday morning brunch. So no uh, one had turned the music on yet. Yeah. Um, and the people were just starting to kind of sit down and get, get served in the restaurant starting to fill up and someone flips the switch, turns the music on. <laughs> uh -huh. Right. And it's like, 
it was probably like a hundred disc CD changer yeah. back then, which, you know, kids, <laughs> just real quick. If you don't know what a CD changer is back in the day, if you wanted variety in your music, you had to have, all you had was CDs. You couldn't play the radio because then you have commercials going yes. all day long. So you had to have these things called CDs that now you can't touch a CD without surgical gloves. Right. Okay. Cause if you smudge them, they will skip. And it could lead to terrible, and you'll terrible end up things. Throwing a tantrum and ripping your car stereo out of exactly. your truck, throwing it onto the freeway. Which I, do you ever notice Spotify skipping? No, it skips. Really? Yes, and it's not infuriating like it was when your CD used to skip. And I can't figure out why that is. Uh, I'd say one reason is how often does Spotify skip? It, I notice it a couple times a day. Okay, as opposed to a couple times a song. <laughs> and it's the same song. It's <laughs> you same know it's song. coming. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so the night crew, when they were cleaning up, had their CD playing. Oh, really? When they turned off the stereo, and then the person in the morning flips it on. Now, the restaurant is, has people in it uh-huh. eating. My uncle is up on the ladder next to the speaker, and this song comes on as my uncle recites it. That goes the lyrics. I think it must have been the chorus because it comes on and it goes, "I hope you fucking choke to death. I hope you fucking choke to death." <laughs> and he's like, "Holy shit! What the fuck?" And it's coming out of the speaker like right next to his head, and he's like looking around the restaurant like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> not only is it like the most offensive, just like loud, obnoxious music, but it's telling you that he in a restaurant. <laughs> That it hopes you choke to death. Like, <laughs> just so funny. Just imagine him scrambling down the fucking ladder to get in and turn the music on. <laughs> I remember our old company, our old construction company that we had, and we had uh, we put in some skylights, I believe, and we drywalled into the skylights. Oh <clears throat> uh, yeah, and so had, house. Yeah, and then I had to go in and we we're doing like the finished paint, but I had to sand some drywall. Mm-hmm. And so I'm standing in the on a ladder in the skylight well, and I'm sanding the drywall. And needless to say, it's uh, what, 130 degrees. Right, because it's all white all the way around you. Right. The sun is just blasting it's, and reflecting it's off. It's literally a sol- solar oven. Right. And then as you sand drywall, all that sticks to your sweat and starts caking, and you can feel it like tightening on your skin, which is the worst feeling ever. Mm-hmm. And I was realizing, like, I just need to get this done as fast as I can because I, I want to get out of this space. And then our buddy Anthony, who was working with us, is at the bottom of the ladder. He's like, how you doing up there? I was like, this, it, it doesn't get any worse than this. I'll tell you this. And our client was home listening to our stereo, and Dave Matthews came on. And right, a dude, it was like straight out of an 80s movie. As soon as I said, like, it just, it doesn't get any worse than this. He goes, Dave Matthews. And she runs in and just cranks it. So now I have <laughs> Dave Matthews blasting. I look at, I look at Anthony going like, I guess I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that would be, I think that would be the music I would (laughs) least want to hear. That's what's playing in hell in my experience. It's either that or Baby Shark. My hell. I got to put some Dave Matthews on my 10 worst songs of all time. You know what's funny, though? There are a couple of Dave Matthews songs that I begrudgingly have to admit that I like. Hmm. Okay, I have... um, I got some stuff. Okay. You got some stuff. A little bit. Okay. Um, I've been thinking a lot about the discussion that we had earlier in the week. Uh, okay, good. I yeah. was... Good. I'm going to go night. there. Yeah. Okay, good. 
Um, I just feel like we can't jump right into that without playing some Kamala stuff that came up. <sighs> okay. <laughs> okay. Let this... me start by saying I love Gen Z. I love Gen Z. <laughs> so think about this. Okay, first of all, it's going to be humbling for, for many of us when you remember or realize that someone who is 18 now was born in 2005. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and when you think then about their life experience in the context of what is at stake in our country. It's all very funny, Carol. I, I mean. <laughs> what is this woman smoking? Okay. What's interesting about that clip. Did you, did you know that she was recently on The View? The, what was that woman smoking chick? No, Kamala Harris. Oh. Yeah. And have, yeah, I did hear some some of that. Yeah, it's like I'm almost intrigued. Like I want, like, dude, what a meeting of the minds. <laughs> I getting those people together. I heard a little bit of it, but sadly, nothing like, like one of the headlines I saw said, "Finally, Kamala Harris, smartest woman in the world." In the room. <laughs> <laughs> and compare that clip to this one. Look at that picture of her. I see our college students at the. <laughs> And let me just tell you, I love Gen Z. I don't know if something, you know, I love Gen Z. <laughs> I just don't, I don't know, man. It's, what is it? What is the thing about her that's just so intriguing for us? Because it's not just that she's dumb. She's all, she's dumb like a, um... I think it's a combination like of... Like a robot is dumb. Yeah. It can't think for itself, but it will do exactly what you program it to do to, the, to its fault, to a fault, like a Roomba running into the wall like a seven times until it hits the right fucking corner. Doing, I have, doing, a, I have doing. a begrudging kind of, well, I guess I'll say respect for people that are dumb and that at some point in their life they gain a wisdom because wisdom and intelligence are being two different things, mm -hmm. is... If someone has at least some semblance of, I guess we call it self-awareness, they had, were capable enough to read the room and have enough life, you know, enough experiences, interactions, where it kind of dawns on them, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not smart. Like, I'm not a bright person. I'm not quick, mm -hmm. you know. Um, no, and, but there's, there's a so groove. They, they accommodate that deficiency by, that's keep it close to the vest right. in conversation right. and just kind of be agreeable I'm or to find whatever. my lane and I'm going to stay there. Yeah. And I don't think she has those other components cause she's dumb, but she also has a critical lack of self-awareness. Well, how could she, everyone's telling her she's this, you know, the first and the greatest and the best. And you know, yeah. she's got promoted to the fucking vice presidency of the United States. She's almost a like Chauncey Gardner character. Mm -hmm. Have you seen being there? No, Peter Sellers movie. He is this, you know, retard mm -hmm. who a very mentally deficient man who wanders out of the place that he's supposed to be and almost like a Forrest Gump character also just kind of happens to randomly, you know, bump into this guy and run into that guy. And then yeah. next thing you know, he's advising the president. Right. It's exactly who she is. Yeah. You know, ah, just can't get enough of it, though. I, I don't, don't know. Think, it's, there's something compelling. Do you really think there's a lot of people that are buying the notion that she's competent in any capacity. It just, I think it's, we, I think we it's, ask that same question in so many different ways. Every, every podcast. Yeah, that's correct. I, I think it's more of a, a kind, kind of a blind tribal allegiance. 
or, yeah. you know, or as we always say, uh, we need you to not believe your own eyes mm-hmm. between her and Joe Biden. I mean, it's the same thing. It's much easier if you've lived that way. If you're not going around questioning everything. I'll give you that. You know, sleep better. <laughs> yes. You can win. You every you win every single argument you ever get in because you don't have to rely on truth and facts. facts. Yeah. And logic, which is kind of bleeds into what we're about to talk about. That's kind of our Achilles heel. Um, so what was the question that I asked you? Uh, before we get to that, I want to run oh, you okay. through something real quick. Go for and it. And this is... Find it here. Uh, as you have probably noticed, we are right around the corner from... Valentine's Day, I know. And the Civil War. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. So here are 10 easy ways to prepare for the next Civil War. Oh, who's this from? Uh, well, <laughs> I'll give you the source after. Okay. Number one, watch all the John Wick movies and take notes. Okay. Yeah, That's good. not a bad advice. Okay. Number two, get your Gettysburg reenactment uniform dry clean so you'll look good when the shooting starts. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sense. A little throwback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number three, spend a weekend in Chicago. I guess that's uh, done. I like in training. In the spirit of training, yes. Yes, gotcha. And, and uh, just you're kind of getting battle-hardened, real-life applications. You must Building the muscle memory, as we would say right. in jiu-jitsu. Like, okay, you, you've marginally understood this move. Now, mm-hmm. now you have to be able to do it live. Right. If, you haven't, if you're lining up for battle and the guy next to you asks, like, have you ever taken a bullet? Mm-hmm. You want to be able to say, yeah. Like if someone licks your hand, are you going to throw your AR down and run away screaming? Like, I'm not, personally. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I know Jake won't. Let's see. How many Who people are going <laughs> <laughs> Number four, hit up this Friday sale at Bass Pro. Camo, guns, all the ammunition you can get. Okay, ah, You should have already done that, I would obviously say. Obviously not living in California. Uh, number five is a little uh, more on the traditional tip. Uh, learn how to play a snare drum. Uh, <laughs> I guess we got some battle beats gone. <laughs> We have been listening almost every single day to a Revolutionary War era playlist on Spotify. <laughs> well, you're definitely not on the list. <laughs> <laughs> it was my son, I swear to God. <laughs> Shut up, keep digging. <laughs> Number six, train at least three hours per day on Call of Duty. I guess that's the video game. Okay. But well, now I guess it's illegal to train in an actual militia, so you got to go with Call of Duty right. as a backup. What, what makes a militia? We'll let you know. Yeah. Uh, this is my favorite one. Uh, this, I'll be starting this after the podcast. Clear out the trees to remove any cover and concealment for a 100-yard kill zone all around four yard for, for your yard with sandbag fortifications and at least four strategic locations, giving you a 360-degree field of fire, and then light the entire area and install trip wires connected to your claymores. Nice. Yeah. Kind of a poor man's uh, Agent Orange. Method. I like it. It's, uh, it's very detail-oriented and gets into the logistics of, you know... Like what's your call to action? You know, as, right? As we get a lot of complaints on this, like yeah. so, so what? So what, what do can we do? We do? Yeah, because we end most episodes like, well, we're fucked. Okay, <laughs> see you guys next week. And yeah. the sun's like, here's here's something you can do. Yeah. Uh, number eight, watch a YouTube video on how to safely amputate a leg. I just thought of something about going back to that last one real quick. Okay. Um, if you're ordering sandbags on the internet, it might raise some red flags. Mm-hmm. I would wait until a rainstorm before you do that. Just a pro tip. Good, good, good. 
Uh, number nine, finish building that. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. we missed the learn how to amputate a leg. Right on YouTube. Ooh, yeah. I don't. Th- Do you need a video for that? Seems pretty straightforward to me. I, there's only one thing you really have to do, and that's stop the femoral artery from bleeding. Mm. So that, as long as you can do that part, yeah, getting the leg brush up on the femoral, cutting artery. the rest of the leg yeah. off is you know the big F, whatever. Yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, number nine, finish building that F-15 fighter jet in your garage. Uh, my wife has been nagging me forever to do that. Yeah, I mean, if anything, if this thing doesn't kick off, you'll have more space in your garage. That's true. Yeah. Do you get, does it get annoying? Like if you have the garage door open and people are walking by and like stopping to offer to buy it from you? Uh, it's not so much that because I live in kind of a well-to-do community. Mm-hmm. So everyone's kind of, they make these little subtle remarks, you know, they're kind of trying to one up. Mm. You know, so I get the, oh, like going with the F-15, uh-huh. uh, kind of like a little right. throwback to the classic, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I'm restoring an old car, which is just, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm very, a working, I'm a working man. Collar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> number 10, get your wife pregnant ASAP after the war. It'll be up to you to repopulate the earth. Done and done. Babe, you're working later? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> done. All right. Well done. Yeah. Where did that come from? New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought so. It sounded, it had that kind of ring to it. That, it it's just like, like that slight s- tinge of elitism. Yeah. You know, liberal, you know, socialism. Right. Gone yeah. amok. Yeah. She's yeah. Louise. Huh. That's good, dude. I like that. All right. All right. So <clears throat> I, I asked you a question. Questions, questions the other night, Mommy, last night. Daddy. Um, I believe it was something along the lines of. Yes. Okay. Me, you asked me a couple. That's true. Um, what was the first question I asked you? The first one you asked was, let me think. I'm not going to get these. I guess I could pull out my phone and look and see what I texted you. Sounds like a calorie burner to me. Uh, you asked me, the second one you asked me is, why is there so much infighting in the Libertarian Party? Yes. The first one you asked was... Ah, uh, yeah. Who is a bigger threat to liberty? Right. The government or big business? And then my sub-question was, or I hate when people answer a question with a question, but I thought it was relevant, is I would... Um, what is the distinction between those two entities, basically? Yeah. Which is a good question. So, all right. Um, I had another question which kind of spawned those two questions and got me thinking along what I want to talk about today. Questions. Which is, why does everyone seem to hate libertarians? Because libertarians are, when you say libertarian, and I also should throw out the caveat that I don't know that I don't hate libertarians myself. That's why I rarely identify as a quote libertarian or a big L libertarian. I feel like the, we're, we occupy that same space where our lives revolved around surfing, uh-huh. right? Surf twice a day, yeah. surf trips, the whole deal. Not a fan of surfers. Hate as surfers. As it turns out. Hate them. They're the worst. Or I spent my life playing in punk bands and you throw me your average like punk guy. I'm like, this guy's insufferable. Mm-hmm. He's just an elitist prick. Like, I hate these people. I look at libertarianism like 
there is a true libertarianism, and most of the libertarians, the people that claim to be libertarian, are not what I think libertarianism is. And it's kind of like that. Like It almost says to me, and I think a lot of people have gone this route, that we need a, a new word, or I don't want to identify, you know, like a Pete Quinones or Michael Malice. Mm-hmm. We'll just use like an anarchist or whatever. I don't even know what Pete Quinones calls himself, but um, probably like a, a probably, he probably doesn't call himself anything. Free market anarchist. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I would guess. Um, but when you say anarchist, so if you say anarchist, well, that, you know, brings to mind like, you know, 1980s sleeveless jean jacket with the A in the circle. Kind of thing, to the you know, punk just, kids. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just, then we have to co-opt that word from those people. So there is no word out there, right? Yeah. But... <clears throat> I think you bring up a kind of good point. I think this is sounds like the direction that you're going. Is part of the problem is is that if you are not, I guess, like well versed in an ideology or a movement or a political philosophy, is you often and I don't mean everyone else. I mean everyone, including myself. Is you lean back on a stereotype, for example, because I've gotten the question from someone who has no idea about libertarianism that says. What's the libertarian perspective on this? I'm like, there isn't one. I'm like, there's like two fundamental components that loosely adhere all of the libertarian philosophies together. Now, within the umbrella known as libertarianism, uh, there's what I, we could probably come up with 15 different subparties, and they are all aggressively fighting with each other. They do not agree. They fight, as we always say, they fight more with each other than they do with communists and Marxists and socialists. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, I mean, you just, yeah, you go on Twitter right now and look at what, uh, Nick Sarwak, the old chair of the libertarian party is yeah. tweeting about. And it's about how awful the libertarian party is. Yeah. And it's like, that's really the enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what I think the problem is, is that we love to punch laterally. <laughs> <laughs> Most people who say they're libertarian are actually just, Democrats or Republicans. There's three groups, I, as I see it, that I could break it down into. You're, you're a Democrat, you're a Republican, or you're fucking Dr. Spock, who <laughs> just wants to look at everything totally logically, you know, and right. just completely break down an issue. And that's where that autistic libertarian kind of label comes from. Label yes. comes from. Um, but, you know, look at like uh, Armstrong and Getty, who you and I both used to listen to uh, a lot. I used to love those guys. Yeah. They're funny as hell, but they and they identified as libertarians. Mm. But but they're as in their libertarian mode, they're also praising President Zelensky yeah. and saying that we should be bombing. I, I haven't listened, but I bet you they're in favor of bombing the shit out of Palestine. Uh, one of them is worse than the other. Um, I guess I'm laying my cards on the table here. For those of you that don't know, Armstrong and Getty are syndicated AM radio hosts. Uh, they're heard all over the country. Uh, they, I guess you if you run out of time or if you listen to every single one of the Liberty Street podcasts and you still need something to listen to, you should go check them out. <laughs> uh, I would say 20 years ago, they were responsible because I'll always have a little bit of respect. Um, well, number one, they're very good at what they do. Yes. Uh, and 20 years ago, they're the ones that had me questioning like, Maybe I'm not a diehard lefty. I, I was going to socialist meetings in the city at that time. Mm-hmm. Like I got, I want to f- see what this is all about. And then I just love to hear all of the ideas. And I listened to, uh, I guess I'll tell the story. 
listen to something called The Great Debate, where they got, at that time, there was a conservative uh, radio program or radio station. Yeah, it was like 910 versus uh, Green 960. Green 960, which was like (laughs) Tom Hartman and Randy Rose. Air America. Uh, Randy Rose, not the guitar player from Ozzy Osbourne. (laughs) She's a woman from Florida. Uh, I I believe Rachel Maddow might have been on there. I might have that wrong, but it's basically far left and far right. And they had a debate. And the debate was in San Francisco, which is the mecca for deranged leftism, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. And I went in there as a green 960 listener. I was like, oh, they're going to destroy him. Yeah. He's like bigot, racist, you know, backward hillbillies or whatever. And I left that. I had burned it on a CD and right. listened to it in my truck. Um, this was like when I first started getting into not politics, but just political philosophy, I guess, like ideas. And I let at the end of that debate, I'm like, the man, these people that I thought I hated kind of blew these people out of the water. And there was a really, really striking moment on there is the debate room or the hall or wherever that they were hosting this was packed with people from San Francisco. I'm sure you can guess what their philosophy was. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> the guys on the conservative station were coming out saying, like, okay, like, look, here's what happens, you know, when we print more money, this causes inflation and blah, 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 you know, facts, this, 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 you know, logic, facts. I know you don't want to hear this, but you know, you know, when we do this to this country, this and this, and you know, it's going to cause this sanction and like, you know, had like very, just a very like lineal, like pragmatic kind of approach to what they were saying. Not that I agreed. Well, I didn't agree with any of it at the point when I was like, man, that guy laid that out very well right there. I thought, and then the people like Randy Rhodes, I know specifically is the one I remember. They were going on there and they were just chanting. Like and at one time Randy Rhodes just came in, like this guy laid out this case. I don't even remember what they were talking about. It was some kind of foreign policy. He's like, well, look, here's what's going to happen if we do this, 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 and this country will do this and blah, blah, blah. And, and they're like, okay, your response. And she goes, let's hear it for San Francisco values. And everyone just started like chanting. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that's that's your response to that? Yeah. And it totally... This, the delusion just and so sweeping over you. Armstrong and Getty being on that debate, I was like, I'm going to check this out. And I started listening and started agreeing with some of the stuff they're saying. Now, it's kind of funny because that was kind of my, I don't know, that was my uh, my Motley crew, like... I like heavy music, Motley Crue, which is fucking dog right, shit, right. and they're terrible. But it got me going into this and this and getting into right. libertarianism and then free market capitalism and you know, and caps and all this. And like here I am, twenty years later, right. or whatever. I still go back and listen to them, and you know, just like I go and listen to NPR. Like, okay, I just I want to hear what everyone's saying. They are to answer your question in a very long winded roundabout way. Sorry about that. Is they are one of them brands himself as a libertarian. I think he's loosely kind of in there. Uh, the other guy, I don't want to like name names or whatever, but he's full on, like he's a John McCain. He's a Nikki Haley. Yeah. He's just like, totally. Oh, dude, just, what we got to do is just bomb the <laughs> shit out of them and let them know we're in charge and then they'll fall in line. And I'm like, Dick, right. this is where terrorism comes from. Well, and then, yeah, you apply the same uh, technique that got you to be totally disillusioned with the people on the left, which was, I want to hear the arguments. Right. 
bring it. Let's go. You wanted your team to to win with arguments. Yeah. They couldn't. And you listened to what these guys were saying and thought, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And then you start applying that to other things. You apply it to the things that they're saying. It's like really bombing the shit out of this country is going to let them know that we're in charge. Yeah. Okay. If that's your logic, how has that worked out? Yeah. Where, where, where are we with that? Philosophy? Yeah, that hasn't worked. Okay. So now I'm even like retreating from you guys because what you're saying again, I'm I just keep applying the same tactic to your argument. It's not working. Yeah. So you have, so that's what I mean by Republicans. That's who a lot of li- quote libertarians are. They're guys mm-hmm. like that. Or on the other side, you have like the Reason Magazine types mm-hmm. who are, you know, or like the, uh, who was the uh, libertarian candidate for president four years ago? Uh, not, uh, not, I wanted to say, uh, I, I wanted to say Jill <laughs> she, Stein. But she was so like forgettable. Um, uh, Jill, no. No, Joe Jorgensen. Joe Jorgensen, thank you. Um, <clears throat> she had that tweet about Black Lives Matter. I held my nose and voted for her. I'm like, all right. I know. <laughs> she uh, was is like this identitarian person that's calling herself a libertarian. And all of the same, you do the same thing. You just apply facts and logic, the autistic logic. Get to work, Jake. <laughs> to the, to the uh, arguments that they make. And it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so... But that doesn't matter because most people see things in a red, blue, you know, yeah, us versus them kind of uh, framework. And so people hate libertarians because they don't actually see that what we are is a logic test for every other ideology. I think there's a second component to that. But, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I think that's the main part of it. What we want is... You and I are basically anarchists, right? We're anti-state mm-hmm. because we've we've just done the... What is the logical conclusion of... If you realize that government is corrupt, that taxation is theft, that it's not okay for one group of people to imprison another group of people because they didn't do what they told them to do, mm-hmm. then how can you ever think that some government is okay? You know, that just... All government is is a illegal uh, gang who is enforcing their will on the people. It's the most well-financed tapeworm in world history, as (laughs) we put it a couple episodes ago. And so, but most people don't want, you know, we started out in 1776 with a very, very limited government. And most people don't want to go back to 1776, Right when you have this discussion with people, and I'm talking about Armstrong and Getty, and I'm talking about Reason Magazine, because there's no roads. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> what did I text you the other day? <laughs> what about the roads? <laughs> yeah, what about the fucking roads? My road is falling apart. How about this? We'll pave all the fucking roads, and it'll fucking uh, God, and it'll cost. I don't know. Fucking, I'll pay, I'll fix the roads. How about that? What about the roads? How about you can drive down the street without shaking the shit out of your car and spilling your coffee? Fuck those roads. Your roads suck. The roads suck because you have the government fixing them all the time. Why did you have to bring up the roads? <laughs> <laughs> that is the Achilles heel of any libertarian argument. You ever settle that uh, eight grand debt with the EDD? <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, it's just, the, it's this. So it, the the government 
any government, it's like the crack in the sidewalk. You know, you, you have a perfect concrete sidewalk or basketball court. All you need is one little crack in there for a jungle to take over your basketball court. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is what government is. If you think some government is okay, then there's nothing stopping you from having total tyrannical government. Mm -hmm. There is no, there's, it is the only direction that it can end up. Because as soon as it's okay for 51% of the people to tell 49% of the people what to do, it's over. Right. It's eventually going to end up with total tyranny. Mm -hmm. Because you just, you, you cannot have... For, for people that can't wrap their heads around that, they say, like, no, that's a majority rule. That's 51% telling 49% what to do or how to live or what to pay in taxes or you know, what they can eat, what they can drive, you know, how they can live. There's no difference between that than 99% telling 1% how to live, what to eat, how to, you know, what they can live in. It's the exact same thing. Right. That's mob rule. Either way. Either way. I mean, all you have to do to get what you want, if you want to take limited government and grow it, all you have to do is promise 51% of the people that they can have some free shit if they vote for this thing. Let's change the government. Where's that shit come from? The 49%? Yeah. Or the 1%? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. They should pay more. I think so. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just take it from them. Mm -hmm. You guys with the guns, go take it from them. Give it to us. Fine. So... You hit the fast forward button. You went from limited government to the greatest government that the world has ever known in just the blink of an eye, like zip, right? And people have just become so like used to this. It's just like one layer. It's like one sweater after another sweater after another sweater after or another we, sweater. Or as before, before you know it, you're the waves. On, if you if you are in that minority, it's the waves on the beach. Just a little bit of sand, little bit of sand. But it's more. It's time. a thing where people have gotten comfortable, and it's like, dude, you're wearing a hundred sweaters. You're dying in those sweaters. Yeah, but if I take them off, I'll be cold. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, yeah, but you're you're dying under the sweaters. Or here's another analogy: you're driving in the car with someone. Mm -hmm. And you're starting out on track, but then that person who's driving starts to get lost. And you're like, dude, I think we should turn around. You're getting lost. And they're like, no, no, no. That's, I'm not going back. We need to go forward, not backwards, which is like how many politicians say that, right? We're going forward. We're not looking back. Next thing Especially you know. Especially when things get horrifically fucked up. Look, we're not going to, we're moving forward. We're not looking. Yeah, but yeah. you just killed almost a million innocent Iraqis for some weapons that it, we never discovered. Like, we're, we're moving you're, forward. You're no we're longer on a paved road. And you know, you're fucking bouncing around the car. You're like in the forest. No, I'm not going back. We're going forward. Like eventually, no, I'm sorry. We just can't, we can't do this anymore. We're just ditching the car at this point. You fucked everything up. So I think that most people, they don't look at libertarians as these people that are right about everything. They look at them as kind of a joke. And they, because I don't know if it's just that they don't want to hear these good arguments. Like when you're driving with that guy in the car, like, dude, just turn left. It's like, no, I know what I'm doing. I'll, I'll get there. I don't need to turn left. I, I just leave me alone. But you're, it's, you're clearly right that you need to turn around mm -hmm. and get back, but they just don't want to hear it. And so what you end up with is these caricatures of libertarianism. You don't actually, oh, yeah. you don't actually ever hear someone sum up, Someone who hates libertarians can't actually explain to you what a libertarian believes on any subject. Yeah. I have found that to be true. 
Oh, this will be good. Here's Ben Shapiro talking to Vivek Ramaswamy about libertarianism. I've been reliant in my own ideology more and more on the idea that you can only have, you know, you know, that universalism essentially doesn't apply, that particularism is the way to go. What I mean by this... By levels that, of government. Yes, exactly. That, that you can do a lot of things at the local level in terms of government, in terms of, in terms of community building. All that stuff is not off the table. Like yeah, the libertarian ideal doesn't apply at the very local level because the fact is that you and your friends, when you have an HOA, there are tons of restrictions that you live under as an HOA. And I live in my local Jewish community. There are all sorts of social restrictions that we put in place with regard to one another that violate kind of libertarian prescriptions. If we see one of our kids doing something wrong, I notify my friends. If somebody yeah. falls short, I'm giving charity to their family. If, if I know that somebody's doing something wrong, I go to them and I try them. We have people who are not, who just are not welcome at the synagogue because they violated the, the social precepts. The communitarian model works at the level like if the fa- There's one huge difference between what he's describing as uh, his HOA or his local community mm-hmm. and the government. Because he says that it's not compatible with libertarianism, his local HOA and his community. Okay. What is the big difference between his HOA and the federal government? Uh, one is a volunteer community. Exactly. Put, put together on their own volition. You've chosen and to live in the HOA. He wasn't forced to live in the HOA at the point of a gun. No. Yeah. I didn't, but you can't choose not to live in, <laughs> under the federal government. When you asked that, I was like, oh shit. It, it, <laughs> I know he's driving at something. <laughs> it's a, just a terrible right. analogy. And this is what people, what people think of libertarians is like, oh, don't, don't, Tread on me, you know, just leave me alone. I don't want any rules. Like my mom said about stoplights. Oh, you want to take down all the stoplights? Yeah, that sums that up caricature. <laughs> you know, or people push back on free driving. Oh, we're just going to be people crashing into each other all, all over the place. Yeah. It's like, no, no. It's just that you aren't forced at, if I want to run a red light and there's no other cars around, I should be able to run that red light. There shouldn't be a cop there to give me a ticket for breaking some rule. Yeah. Okay. Unless I voluntarily entered into this agreement where you could ticket me if I broke the this, rule. This goes back to that uh, episode we did just a while ago. Um, it's the notion as the great uh, Frederick Hayek proposed of spontaneous order or anarchistic order. If human beings, beings need something, they will create it. If they need to enforce something, they will enforce it. Like yes. We, we don't need. It's been proven time and again yes. in anarchistic societies that like the Wild West, that people enforced the social norms without the need for the police there. Right. And he also says in this, like, that he would notify his friends if the kids were acting bad or they, they want to give charity to people. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing that anti-libertarian. It's not an antithesis to the libertarian that. philosophy. What we're against is the state enforcing that. Yeah. The state should not enforce charity on as we, people, as which is what, uh, like, uh, Social Security is essentially, is you are forced to give charity. Mm-hmm. Do you know that California has a rule right now that if you have five employees or more, you have to provide a 401k option for those employees? No, I didn't know that. And next year, 2025... It's going down to one employee. Wow. So I have to give my one employee, Juan, Mm -hmm. a 401k plan next year that he has to put money into. They're forcing him to put a minimum of $6,000 a year into his 401k. I have have no idea how I'm going to explain this to Juan. 
Yes. <laughs> and uh, so first you have to learn it in Spanish. Yes. <laughs> so there's that. He's going to look at me like I'm he's lost like, my mind. Yeah. He's going to be like, I don't want to do this. Like, yeah. Sorry, you don't have a choice. Yeah. It's for your own good. You don't know better, Juan. We have to do this for you. And he's going to go home in Spanish and tell his friends about his statist cocksucker boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, Okay, here's another one. There has never been a technological entity or an entity of any kind as powerful as Google. Now, I'm not saying Google is evil, though I think increasingly, I do think that they are. But even if they weren't, that is too much power in the hands of too few with no transparency whatsoever. At the heart of Google is the algorithm, and nobody knows what it is. You don't need to be Ray Bradbury to think through what might happen if they decided to subvert democracy or to re-rank search results. What effect would that have on voting patterns? You reach the conclusion very quickly if you think about it. He said if. They'd be in control of your country. That is a huge threat to all of us. And it's not just Google, of course. It's many other tech platforms that basically control speech in effect. And so in the face of this, you have Republicans. Republicans are so easy to control. All you say is markets, and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) <laughs> Did I criticize the free market? I, you know what, Monsignor? Forgive me. And then Democrats are very easy to control, too. You're just like, look, we'll help you keep power. And they're like, oh, cool, all right. So what about everybody else? So <clears throat> this kind of goes to that question that I asked you, what's a bigger threat to liberty, the government or private business? Which is kind of interesting. He's touching on this right here because my first reaction to him saying that, he's like, what if Google, I'm like, if... Uh, they are already doing that. All the big tech is. There is a, I mean, a provable connection of collusion mm-hmm. between big tech and the government. Right. And my response to you when you asked me that, like, what's the difference or like, what's a bigger threat? I'm like, I, they're the same people. There's no difference. They have a working relationship. They're partners. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Here's the difference though. Okay. What he's talking about right there at the end of influencing voting would not be a problem if we didn't have a system where 51% of the people could tell the other 49% what to do, mm-hmm. they tell them they're taking their shit. Like if you go out to dinner with two other people and those two vote that you're bang, paying for dinner that yeah. night, that's essentially the system that we have in place. Mm-hmm. So I think that the federal government is a much bigger threat than big business because Google would not be nearly the threat that it is if it wasn't able to be so useful in controlling this fucked up system that we have in place. Okay. So that is the problem here. That The problem isn't Google. The problem is that we have a, a fucked up system to begin with. Google just happens to be a really great tool in affecting that. If we lived in an anarchistic uh, state where the only rules are that you are not allowed to aggress on other people and you had the right to own property, mm-hmm. Then we would be fine without. We Google could do whatever it wanted, and it wouldn't actually be able to come to your house and force you to do anything. Gotcha. It would be able to. Yes, it could have a massive effect on society, but it wouldn't be the threat that it is. I think. Today. You, I think you're touching on something that we bring up quite a bit. Is there wouldn't be this horrific binary political divide based on this two-party illusion, which we get into a little bit later, if the federal government didn't have such a huge role in your life, which it didn't used to be. 
I right. mean, in my lifetime, I remember that people, Democrats and Republicans, ah, I'm Republican, I'm a Democrat, ah, right on. It wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Now, here we are, is, as we have stated before, that every election cycle, at least half the country feels like their entire livelihood mm-hmm. is on the chopping block. Right. And I would argue that's why Google is such a threat. Yeah. Not because they have the power to influence people's decisions. I mean... Is that really that bad if you're not talking about one party that wants to literally destroy the other party mm-hmm. and back and forth? They want to wipe the other ones off? I mean, it's like... Yeah, if we weren't in a full Machiavellian political system, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't, just wouldn't matter. Envision this. Like, put, put the seed in your mind. Just envision. Like, it just didn't really matter, like, who the president was. Or if we even had a president, for that example. Right. It didn't matter... If you were a blue state or red state, like it just it had no bearing on your life. It had very little bearing. It's just something you heard about every four years. And uh, not quite who I would have voted for, but yeah, moving on. You live in a more community-based, you know, an HOA, for example. Imagine that HOA model being extrapolated to encompass the entire country. It just wouldn't matter. Imagine that you only lived in a place that you voluntarily um, chose to live in and you followed the rules Based on your own voluntary um, will, anarchistic, to do so. anarchistic order. Yeah, I mean, maybe it sounds utopian. That's how most of your life, as we were talking about before, that's how ninety percent of your interactions are based on anarchistic order. There are no laws to tell you to get along with your neighbor, not drive like an asshole, not, you know, be polite to people, whatever it is. Like that, the vast majority of the things that we do in our life are based on us just. I don't want to be an asshole. I want to be a good community member. I want to get along with people. Like the greatest, as we said before, the greatest trick the political elites ever pulled on, on us is convincing us that they need to exist. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, everything will fall apart. I was thinking about this. Try this one on. Um, this, it would still, even though we're right about what we're saying, it will be hard to convince. I know we are. <laughs> A lot of people that we should just scrap it all and go back to 1776 as a, you know, or, or no government at all. Go to this anarchistic utopia that we're talking about. But what if you were said, okay, fine, let's, we'll start over the new constitution right now. What would you put in place in this constitution? Would you say that the government has the right to spy on its, to spy on people? No. No one would agree to that, mm-hmm. but that's where we are now. Here we are. Right? Would you say that they had the right to steal w- however much money they wanted to from all of us? Who would agree to that? Right. But they they started. We started out with no income tax. Then we got an income tax for just the wealthy, and then that crept into just you know a little bit less wealthy. And next thing you know, everyone's paying an income tax. They can raise it to whatever they want to mm-hmm. without people really caring much. And they do. They add sales taxes. They add property tax. They add all these taxes over and over and over again. Gas tax, road tax, registration. Yeah. yeah on, right? on, on, on. Okay. So if you were starting the Constitution today, would you give the government the power to tax to steal money from you, however? much they wanted to. It's the problem, like, when you see these, so they are, like, California, for example, there is legislation on the books right now that they are going to tax unrealized gains, which is insane. So if you have money in Google, let's kick it back to Tucker Carlson right here, and your stock goes up, they can tax you on that. Now you haven't taken that money out, 
Now, if that stock goes down, you're not going to get a refund, mm-hmm. for example. And right. point being is that... Unrealized gains. Fuck off. I know. It's it's pretty wild to think yeah, about. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. They can take whatever they want from you. Mm-hmm. As long as they 51% of the people agree to it. It's, it's- I always bring it back to... So don't... 15-minute city. John Wayne Gacy in the head and the handcuffs. The head box, mm-hmm. for example... Like, look, I'm just gonna put this head box on you for a you know day, or like, hey, let me see if I can put these handcuffs on you and mm-hmm. see if you can get out of them. It's once don't let 15 minutes see, don't let them put the system in place that's going to end in this. Like, well, it's not gonna not gonna end in this. I was like, okay, maybe you believe that, but don't let them create the infrastructure that can end up in that. Just say no right, right off the bat. No, that's that's the point I'm I'm driving it. Well, no, we're gonna we're gonna tax. <laughs> We're going to raise this tax on the, on billionaires, right? And we're going to do it. Just billionaires. Yeah. You know, and we're going to do this by uh, using a CBDC or, you know, we give um, more of a purview into your financial tra- transactions due to this legislation or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but that's how it starts. Mm-hmm. And then it keeps going. For example, are you, are you still taking your shoes off at the airport? Yes. Yes, you are. Why? Why are you still taking it? Well, because they, we had the shoe bomber, like wasn't really a bomb, it turns out. It's this like crazy guy, blah, blah, blah. These things never go away. They only grow exactly. every time. It's that crack in the basketball court that I'm talking about. Yes. It starts with a tiny little crack. A little sprout of some stupid, meaningless little plant grows in there. Next thing you know, it's a fucking jungle. Do, do this. Do this at home if you don't believe what I'm saying. Name me one government program or government entity that has not grown. That has been scaled back, has mm-hmm. been defunded, mm-hmm. has been eliminated. I mean, pff, good yeah, luck. exactly. Yeah. No, there's. Name me one tax that has been scaled back. Right. One surveil one piece of surveillance. And any time that it has been, it's uh, heralded by the right, like Ronald Reagan, for example. Mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan cut taxes. Ronald Reagan cut taxes. He rolled back the state. He was a tax cutting. The government grew under Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yes, it did. He cut some taxes. Donald Trump cut some taxes, but he spent more money than any president before him. Right. Okay. I mean, that's, it's, this is, and inflation. There is is no such thing as you're either, and that's why Michael Malice says uh, the difference between a minarchist and an anarchist is about six months. Because once you do what we do every day, and apply a logical framework to what's going on out there, you can't help but come up with the conclusion that government is a problem. Mm -hmm. It can't be stopped. There's no way to scale it back. It just should not exist at all. That's what we argue for. Everything that you and I talk about on this podcast is a experiment with truth. Right. And we started with COVID. Mm -hmm. We said this doesn't, Add up. Mm-hmm. We, we walked. We walked out the front door. We have a sign that someone just gave us, Derek, in our uh, studio right now. Shout out, Derek! It's a uh, a big blue sign from the county that says, "I hope this doesn't get him in trouble." Uh, <laughs> shelter in place, enforced. Essential travel ov- only. And a big cartoon drawing of a COVID. <laughs> of a, it's COVID virus. Yeah, it's so creepy. And then the, the seal, you know, the stamp of uh, Sonoma County on it. That's going next to my forged uh, vaccination card I have here. Uh-huh. And my when I went to Mexico, my Mexican ivermectin. Yeah. I was like, oh, I gotta buy this. Put it in the podcast. Nice. This this shit that this crazy shit. This sign is so creepy. And it's like, what? 
we made people shelter in place mm -hmm. for this. What the fuck were we doing? So you and I started looking at it logically. When I saw that sign, the first thing I thought of, the only thing that's missing is like a yellow star. Totally. Like a yellow star daily. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, we started looking at things that doesn't make sense. Like you apply logic to it and we're not the only ones doing it. And I think everyone kind of was woken up by, by COVID. But we, you go you know, beyond that, start looking at things like the education system. How is it that the more money we spend, the dumber our kids get? You look at that. Ah, uh, but they're not. Shit. They're not though, because what you do is you reapply the metric for how you uh, assign grades to people. We have Which more uh, A students. <laughs> and uh, yes, speaking of Gavin Newsom, who uh, uses that kind of logic, yes, like you listen to him talk, and he'll do crazy tricks like that, like that. And if you actually take a minute and you use your Dr. Spock brain to try to understand what he's saying, you realize it's all fucking bullshit. Mm -hmm. And our arguments are not. And I would be happy to put them to the test. If anyone wants to challenge us on what we're saying, on all the things that we say here, um, I'm you know, more than willing to, to have the discussion. But most people aren't because most people don't want to go back to 1776. They want to just be on Team Red or Team Blue. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why libertarians get kind of a bad rap is because they're not all principled the way that, that we are, mm -hmm. which is why we need another name for what we are. Um, and I don't have it, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> we need something because it's like, would you, you know, take go ahead. The, the, my favorite, one of my favorite things that you and I are principled on and the people that we respect in the Liberty movement for lack of a less douchey term, um, is the topic of anti-violence, anti-war. Mm -hmm. um, why are we anti-war? And if you could sum it up in one sentence or two. Uh, because, dude, I just had this weird part of my personality called autism, ADD, whatever it is. I just, I, I'm vehemently against innocent people being murdered for no reason. Correct. Isn't that weird? Yeah. What a strange... I know. It's, I don't know. Some people have a foot fetish. Niche. I, I guess this yeah. is my thing. <laughs> we are anti-innocent people being murdered. Mm -hmm. We're also anti-other innocent people having their shit stolen from them to pay for above innocent people being murdered. Yeah, it's, it's the most sadistic twofer <laughs> ever uh, executed in world history, no pun intended, but... I am completely against just uh, due to some sort of moral obligation, I guess you could say, that I, I'm, I am now complicit financially in people being murdered across the world, innocent women and children, I mean, millions. We're talking about millions in my lifetime, and I'm paying for it Yeah, at the point of a gun. Yeah, I don't think that that makes you complicit necessarily. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm no Osama bin Laden um, supporter. But to but know that roughly half your shit is taken, half your productiv uh, productivity, your your livelihood spent yeah. on this earth is being you you're harvested well, as tax cattle, and half yeah. of that productivity is taken away and being used to finance innocent people being murdered on the yeah. other side of the world. It's a hard pill to swallow. It is. That's why I think I mean, so many it is being that... stolen from you, but yeah. But I hear what you're saying. Yeah. 100%. Um, this is John Kirby. Do you, John, do you still oppose a general ceasefire? 
Do we still oppose a general ceasefire? Yes. For the same reason that we have in the past. We don't believe a ceasefire um, is going to be to the benefit of anybody uh, but Hamas. Uh, we do support humanitarian pauses, as I said, to try to get hostages out and more aid in, uh, but we don't support a ceasefire at this time. I think it's important to remember that there was a ceasefire in place. So a ceasefire is not going to benefit, Matt, anybody but Hamas. That's interesting. Because I'm pretty sure the reason that people want a ceasefire is so that innocent people stop. At least that's why I want it. Is so that innocent people stop being murdered. That is the purpose of a ceasefire. And I think if you ask the innocent people who were being murdered... If they would benefit from a ceasefire, you would get an answer that was this, this resounding yes. This is interesting because this is something that I've been kicking around in my mind for two years now, and it really got kicked into gear. I was down visiting my uh, one of my best friends, and he's connected to the military. He's a little more um, traditional mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, traditional Republican, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say, but um, he brought up the question. We were having this kind of debate, and like my conversations with this guy are some of my favorite in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we sit there, we'll talk for hours. You know what I mean? And no one gets heated up, or there's no talking points, or whatever. It kind of stays on more of the philosophical level. He goes, "Well, you got to admit." there are evil people in this world that need to be taken out. I'm like, yeah, I do agree with that. And it made me think, I'm like, maybe I'm not just 100% like anti-war, that's it. Like never and never ever happens. You know what I mean? And you have to kind of go back. You have to kind of reverse engineer from there. And then you say like, this is what I wish I would have said in the moment. I had, to, I, had to, I had to think about it for several I hate months. Those moments. Yeah, and I hit him up. I'm like, okay. Like, I, six months later, like, I can answer your question now. <laughs> no, it was awesome because I loved it. It made me think. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah, that's a good thing. But then you have to go like, well, where did these evil people come from? They weren't born. I mean, some people are born evil, but we're talking about thousands of people, an entire country, an entire political movement, entire military. And like, okay. So well, yeah. And are you claiming that all of those thousands of people that were born in that place that you just bombed were born evil? Yes. No, I'm not saying that. No, 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 I, I'm, 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 but you said right. some people are born evil. Yeah. And if I'm, I'm totally stealing the end of your story here, no. I apologize. But um, if, if it's okay to bomb innocent women and children, because some people are born evil, right? You better uh, mean that all those people were born evil. If that's your answer, I kind of, I don't agree, but yeah, at least you put some logic to it, right? Which right. is less than we usually get. So two things. So the evil thing, and this, I guess, this is the one that's been thrown out a, a lot about the Hamas and the you know they build the bases and the hospitals or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And you go like, okay, so if we had a a murderer, right? A guy killed killed five people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Went on a police chase, and he went ran into a preschool to hide. We wouldn't bomb the preschool, right? Right? You're like, no, no, no. We like he's using that place for cover. I'm like, well, you need to figure something else out. You're not going to bomb a preschool to get this guy out. Yeah, I'll, even I'll even take it one step further. What if he that preschool wanted to hide him? 
and was supporting him. And the children that were attending that preschool were children of his friends who wanted to protect him. Still does not matter. You still don't bomb he's the still, fucking still don't bomb preschool. preschool. Even if those people thought that he was right in killing the people that he killed, mm -hmm. you cannot bomb that fucking preschool. So the other thing is, number two that is... That should be the title of the uh, episode, by the way. Uh, the other thing, number two, to think about is that when you go back, you're like, okay, but where do these terrorists come from, right? Okay, so why did 9-11 happen? Well, they're tired of our support for Israel and the bombing of Libya and blah, blah, blah. I can keep going back. and like, okay, so why do we bomb Libya? And you have to keep going back and back and back. And the analogy that came up in my mind, it's like if you're sloppy drunk friend comes over out of control and just thrashes your kitchen, breaks a bunch of glasses and stuff like that. And I am sitting in there going like, they're like, we got to get him out of here. I'm like, no, not until he cleans this place up. He's like, he's just going to wreck more shit. Like, no, on principle, he needs to like clean this place up. The answer where I actually am on that. Do you understand the metaphor at all? Uh, yeah, I think so. So yeah, they're talking about like, well, a lot of these, terrorists were kind of created due to mm -hmm. foreign policies in the past or whatever that where how far you scale that back and what my answer is on that i'm still actually trying to figure out in my head the united states uh treats every country that we're at war with like rodney dangerfield treated uh the judge when he dropped his anchor on his boat <laughs> You, you know what I mean? Well played. <laughs> it's like we send troops over into their uh, country, bomb the shit out of their country. They attack our troops, and we're like, you scratched our anchor. Mm -hmm. You look at what's going on with the Houthis right now, a war that we sponsored for eight years. Mm -hmm. It's finally ending. The Saudis are pulling out because they couldn't win. Yeah. And then we go over there. And they fucking, they shoot rockets at our, our ship, you know, it's just like, right. Just why is every, uh, false flag happen on a boat? <laughs> you know, it's like, and then like, Oh, you scratched our anchor. And then we go bomb the shit out of them. Yeah. I can't imagine. And this, this is kind of like going, what you were saying about, about where do these terrorists come from? I can't imagine. We were in church last week, and uh, the the pastor was talking about a couple of kids that have cancer and are probably going to die, mm -hmm. young children. And the whole place was just it was very somber, and tears everywhere. And I it, it I was sitting in church, and I it, I just thought about what we're all praying for, and I thought about the Houthis or the Palestinians, these people who are being, they're losing thousands of children. Yeah. What is their church service like? Wow. You know? Like, I get it. I don't think that most cultures over there are worth a damn. I think they suck. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't like, you know, but, but that's not the fucking point. Like, obviously... If you kill a bunch of children, you're going to get pushback. Yeah. If that happened here, I would go fucking nuts. Yeah. There's there's a, no limit to what I would do in revenge. And I wouldn't think about it very logically either. I would just go fucking crazy if yeah. that happened. Makes you a human being. Here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So 
you're right. I mean, it's, I think that's good pushback. We had a, uh, we have a, another friend who, um, is a, uh, also kind of a traditional Republican, I would say. I'm thinking of, uh, Mike Gordon mm-hmm. and, you know, we've had similar discussions where, cause he, we don't see eye to eye necessarily on, on the Palestine Israel. <laughs> no, we don't thing. Right. <laughs> um, but I did through using my superpowers of logical reasoning, I did, I believe and Mike can call me and correct me if I get, if I'm getting this wrong, but I did convince him that, and he admitted that if in the beginning of when, when Israel was formed, if there were people living there and they were forced to leave, mm-hmm. which I believe is true, something like 700,000 yeah. Palestinians living there that were kicked out of their houses. Yes. If they were forced to leave, that was wrong. And he admitted, yes, mm-hmm. I think that was wrong. And that is a great starting point because like you just said, where did those terrorists come from? Like, that is not cool. Yeah. Even if it's just, you know, it was a long time ago and it was just 700,000 people and there's many more people than that living there now. Like, and there's all sorts of other history. If that's how you're starting out by kicking people out of their homes to get them to, to, so that you can take this spot and live in it, like it's kind of fucked up. And those people do have a bone to pick. Yeah. At least. I had that discussion with Mike when I met you guys and he kicked off. He's saying like, we need to bomb the shit out of Hamas and Palestine. He's like, I don't care how many people die. He looked me straight in the eye and said that. I was like, I told him, I was like, I, that is one of the more awful things I've ever heard someone say. And at the end, it was nice because we went back and forth on it. And then at the end, I was like, okay, like, I just, I do not agree. I, I, do, I don't agree with you whatsoever on this. And the amazing thing was, is at the end, he goes, isn't it cool that we can just disagree on something mm-hmm. and just sit here and have a beer? I was like, yeah, it is. It really is. I was like, I, I appreciate hearing what you had to say. Yep. Just like the good old days. What, what a novel <laughs> I love one of my favorite things. I had uh, our buddy Jason from the gym said this. He's like, you know, I don't agree with, with some of what you guys say, but it's cool to hear. I was like, dude, I lo- that's my favorite thing. I love mm-hmm. hearing that. I was like, I just, I have lost friends because of this, <laughs> this is a stupid little venture that we kind of decided to embark on. I was like, which I think is so unfortunate. It, it, it's it, the people that I think a lot of it comes down to just the religious infatuation to the two party illusion. It's in the end, like where we're coming from, I want to pay off something that you brought up earlier because you talked about why people hate libertarian. So libertarianism so much, or, you know, what's known as it, you know, the stereotype. And I think some of it has to do, because I remember I said, I think there's a second reason that's a smaller one to yeah. what you're saying, is that people have, they have replaced, I don't know, maybe like the notion, I think we all have the, the kind of a fixed amount of, I don't know, innate capacity in our souls for some sort of higher power. Now, people have chosen mm-hmm. to an increasingly degree, which is very disturbing to me, to fill that void with politics mm-hmm. or choosing a side on the two-party illusion, rather left, right, Republican, Democrat, what, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we are sold on this idea that we live, it was intentionally manufactured to us that we have a voice in this process, that we have a choice. 
you have this, you have a red or a blue, you can choose, you know, you have the power, you know, right. Uh, you're, yeah. Your right to vote is so important. The government does whatever you want. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's our, <laughs> the government's I, listening. I found a great uh I found a great quote. This is uh this is a letter from John Adams to Jonathan Jackson. This is a 1780 quote. Who's Jonathan Jackson? Some guy that John Adams was writing to in 1780. Gotcha. Quote, there is nothing which I dread so much as a division of the republic into two great parties, each arranged under its leader and concerting measures in opposition to each other. Thus, in my humble apprehension, is to be dreaded as the greatest political evil. They wrote about this, 1780. Talk about 1776. George Washington said something similar. The worst thing that can happen is basically we devolve into this team sport political system yeah and that's where we are and i feel like when i talk to people and this is going to sound this is going to reek of intellectual elitism but when i i you know like have a client for example who's just comes charging at me into the driveway with his laptop open you know reading msnbc articles and these republican cocksuckers and blah 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 and like i realize like i don't even like disagree it's like it's it's a level I want to say above, it's like way below that. It's, I feel the same way about those people that I do. Like, like if I ran into a friend who I haven't seen in 10 years, I was like, Hey Mike, like, how you doing? It's like, Oh, you're really good. Like I got on the ground floor of this company and they're blah, blah, blah. And doing this and this and this and that, you know what I mean? And, and then like, and I feel like they're eventually trying to kind of like sell me on something like, you know, and they have like openings and then like five minutes in you realize like, Oh, you're selling Amway. It's just like kind of a sadness. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you're just like, oh, bless your heart. Oh, good to see you, bud. It's just a, a dishonesty. <laughs> you almost you, feel right. like bad for him. Like, yeah. You're still, you're still buying the, the clown show here. The, yeah. You, this is bread and circuses. You're still, still following the sport. I, I see. I know that sound, it makes you sound like an asshole, but that's honestly how I feel. I was like, do you explain to me the difference? Explain to me as it pertains to now, current politics the difference between Democrats and Republicans. This is why you see the exit polls in New Hampshire of all people leaving, voting for Nikki Haley, Democrats. Mm -hmm. Now I got it. It's like they hate Trump so much and they know in their heart that he's a blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Obama peed on a Russian hooker's bed or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Is we go to bat, you know, with just like fucking knife in our mouth and fucking blood on our tongue, like ready to go to battle. You know, my team's going to win. It's like, explain to me the difference between Joe Biden and Nikki Haley. I mean, aside that she can, she doesn't exit the stage like a Roomba fucking bouncing around <laughs> trying to find her <laughs> stage and she can complete a sentence in logical English. But policy-wise, like, is uh, what, what, are we going to have an increase in the surveillance state? Yep. Uh, are we going to bomb the shit out of fucking Palestine and uh, Iran, let's be honest, and yeah. probably China mm -hmm. and, yeah, and some, Russia. Maybe some countries like, we haven't even thought of yet. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll start our own country just to bomb the shit out of it. Right. <laughs> There's Wouldn't no, it be nice if they did that, actually? Just like some vacant island somewhere? Just go dude, drop the just, bombs there. Look, how, here's the new deal. We can keep the military-industrial complex going, but we're no longer under the delusion that we actually have an enemy. Right. We'll just give you guys the money that you were stealing from us anyways, and you can go 
make as many new cool weapons as you want, but you got to drop them on this deserted island right. somewhere. Yeah. They all have to go there. You it's, can't. It's, the, it's kill a military-industrial complex of going to a jack shack. You know, of like going to a strip show where like you just get your rocks <laughs> off. Right. Come home to mama and raise the kids. You exactly. Like a exactly. All right. No one needs to die yeah. in this. I want people to stop we'll, dying. We'll, we'll meet halfway. We'll still pay for the bombs. You can still take exactly. half my shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. We're Raytheon, just on Blackwater, Boeing, you know. Right. It, we'll keep we'll keep those stocks going up, up, up. Yes. Just all we want is stop killing children. That's yeah. It. Right. right. We'll just get rid of the the, the whole delusion thing. All right. We're it's, we're we're adults now. We're we're too far beyond this. Okay, just take the bombs, go blow them up. You, can, I, you do, I'll do you one better. You can set up like dummies, like fake babies in cribs or yeah, something. Like those Las Vegas <laughs> uh, nuclear test drills they did. <laughs> right, <laughs> dude. We'll put it on Fox. You know what I mean? Well, you know you can turn it a TV show, most watched TV show. It'll be great. It'll totally be awesome. Or, okay, I got one better. Okay. Um. We round up everyone on the sex offender registry list and ah. put them in a town. <laughs> we can bomb it on the town. And the money made goes back to the families affected by the perpetrators on the list. That's interesting. I just think outside the box uh, here. I like that. I like just that. outside the box here. Uh, you know, that does bring up, bring to mind the question that you texted me earlier in the week. Yeah. As to whether or not I was for the death penalty. Yes. Yeah, where are you on that? You didn't tell me. Um, this one's really tricky for me. Because now if I was a good little doggy libertarian, saying like, no, the state never has, the state should never be granted the power to take another life. Okay, let me rephrase the question. This is how I wish you had asked me the question when you texted it to me. Okay. Are you... Is this how you are in therapy? <laughs> no, no. I'm asking the questions here, Doc. <laughs> Dude, you should have heard me on the phone with the fucking doctor this morning. I got so pissed off because they were supposed to call me at a certain time. They said, we will call you either 30 minutes before or 30 minutes after that time. Mm -hmm. And they called me 35 minutes before. And I heard my phone buzzing, but I couldn't fucking find it. Uh -huh. And I missed the call. And I just got to get all pissed off because I'm like, I know they're not going to call back, these motherfuckers. And when they finally did call back, of course, I was overreacting. Um, yeah, I was not very... I'll fucking kill you. Uh, sorry about that. I asked the lady when I was signing up for the, the phone call. I said, uh, she said, so a doctor will, will call you in a little bit. And I said, which doctor? And she goes, uh, the doctor will call you. And this time, I go, okay. Uh, by the way, I didn't mean a witch doctor, like a, like a witch doctor. Like a witch riding the broom? Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing? <laughs> tough crowd. <laughs> tough crowd. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, what were we talking Okay, so this is how I wish you had asked the question to me. Okay, are you... In I do appreciate <laughs> when you completely derail the subject that it's... At least interesting. Okay, good. And I, I brought it right back. Okay. I went to breakfast with my buddy and Chica. It was a huge group of us. And she's going around like, oh, the eggs bandic and this. And then she goes, uh, which potatoes do you want? I was like, oh, the homestyle potatoes. And my buddy just out of the blue, he goes, she, he goes, I love it when she says, which potatoes do you like? Because I think like, which potatoes? You know what I mean? <laughs> He's just like staring at me. I'm like, huh? 
He like shakes his hand and he's like, which potatoes? And then I finally yeah. got Oh, it. I didn't see the handshake at the, the first like, time. <laughs> I fucking had tears in my eyes. I was like, <laughs> what a weird fucking joke. <laughs> Still one of the funniest things I've ever heard. I do love a weird joke now and again. Mm-hmm. You're the king of that, by the way. You actually, <laughs> your brother's has. I my brother's guy. He's yeah. one up. He's the one up above. Yeah. Um, okay. So the question, if the question were phrased this way, how would you answer it? Are you opposed to death being the penalty for certain? I'm going to use the word crime, but I, I don't mean uh, that. In maybe instead of crime, I'm going to say. Um, Actions. Are there certain actions that death should be the punishment for them? Yes, I do agree with that. I think that's an easy question to answer. And the answer is yes. And that's why when I gave you, you know, I don't know if it was a long response, but my response was kind of along the lines of what you were about to say a about long the state being involved. Yeah. yeah, so there I think you and I might kind of deviate from each other a little bit because... And I'm not solid on this. Like it's, I've been working through this for 15 years, 20 years, something like that. And I toggle back and forth. Is there are certain people that I think just need to be taken out of society. Mm-hmm. And I do not have a problem with that. Now, the enforcement mechanism of that is the state. So I'm like, which is a sloppy and inefficient at best. Yeah, but and, so, and they, also they think, make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. To which you have no recourse. Try, try to renew your license to the DMV. Like, <laughs> let me know how it goes. <laughs> Is, you bring up EDD again. So, so, so sometimes truck. I tend to think like, well, that's all we got. Some of these people clearly need to be taken out of society. I'm with it. And then the other side of me goes, these people are not good at their jobs. They're really, really terrible. So maybe I'm against it. And then there is the purely pragmatic, I don't know, social political. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta break a few eggs, make an omelet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, not to be crass and not to gloss over the loss of a human life, but as I always say, like real freedom, real liberty is a messy bitch. Like it's not gonna be there are gonna be several bumps in the road, so to speak. Of course. But with real freedom, with real liberty, with an anarchist society, there's a private person taking the life of another private person in punishment for something that they've done. And there's been a, a court case that went through. That person was found guilty. It's very clear that that person was guilty of the terrible thing that they did and that they need to be, their punishment is death for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, months, years later, evidence comes out, DNA evidence comes out, turns out that person was innocent. There is a price to pay for that now. Mm -hmm. If that happens with the government, like, what, are they going to write you a letter? Say sorry? You know, there's... Right. They have committed murder, and they don't get to face the death penalty. Mm -hmm. Private people do. So it's much cleaner... It's messy, but it's cleaner than it would be with the state at, yeah, at the, the helm. Yeah, the lack of accountability, but I think this speaks to the problem with having this giant, powerful, well-financed tapeworm in the first place, 
is, you know, the lack of accountability. I mean, even we talk about like the police brutality things like, well, like was the officer in the right? Well, well, it turns out he was wrong. Like, and then the family sues him for $80 million. Mm-hmm. We end up paying for that. We pay for it. Yeah. He doesn't. <laughs> he gets transferred to another department. <laughs> right. Still gets his pension. Yeah. Like we end up they're like, well, just pay it. Like we want to kind of appease the masses here. Like this is how we will deal with this. So I want to wrap this up with, do you have more to say? I want to wrap this up with a, seems like a black pill, but it's a white pill. Okay. And this is kind of my gift to you because I'm more the black pill guy mm-hmm. in this duo and you're more the white, you're, you're like blessed with the virtue of optimism. Um, I've just been listening to too much punk rock since the eighties. I'm like, ah, it's just like, we're all fucked. I thought of something. I think that my, I would argue as yeah. I like to do that my white pill nature comes from the same thing that has ironically lost me friends mm-hmm. over this podcast that I actually logically can, can put the test down, do the mental test at least run the experiment in my brain and see that there is reason to be optimistic. Mm-hmm. And our friends that we've lost through doing this podcast would not, and they would rather than engage us in the things that we're talking about, they would rather just say, no, I'm, I'm yeah. out. I'm not doing it. I'm just, I just don't want to be your friend anymore, yeah. which is, which is sad, Fair. but we would rather, I would actually rather have the conversation and my white pilled nature comes from me actually thinking things through and thinking that at the end of the day, I see, I logically see positive outcomes mm-hmm. on the horizon more, at least more likely than, than it just being a wrap. Mm-hmm. I was, I was thinking of something that for some reason, Sam Harris popped in my head who is just an insufferable. He's one of those guys as a perfect example. Like, is he a deep state asset? I was like, well, mm-hmm. whether he is or not, he's doing the job as if he were. So it's kind of irrelevant. You know what I mean? He's carrying the water regardless. Now, if he's getting a paycheck, like it doesn't really matter to me. Do you remember when I said about Bill Maher that just because someone's anti-woke doesn't mean that they're good? Yeah. He's a good example of that too. Yeah, for sure. He's anti-woke, but he's terrible. Yeah. So remember when Sam Harris said um, something along along the lines of, we need to get back to a place where we trust institutions again. Yes. And we just rolled our eyes. I'm like, no, you don't get to do that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We don't get to go to Colleen Stan saying like, just put on the head box again. Like we need to get back to that place. Like, no, I'm basing this on a track record of several decades of this guy being a complete fucking psychopath or this guy being our, you know, anything from the WHO to the CDC to the FBI to the CIA to our entire, the cathedral, the media. Like, no, there's a reason why we don't trust these people. And it made me think that COVID being kind of a silver lining to some extent, if I could pull like some good things Mm -hmm. out of that, is it created an atmosphere where cynicism and skepticism is at an all-time high, which is a good thing. Yes. And never before have we seen such a high level of just complete distrust of institutions. And for those of you, welcome to the party. Drinks are in the back. (laughs) Glad you showed up finally. And the reaction are open calls from the state for an increase in the surveillance state, 
uh, wars on disinformation, misinformation, uh, an increase in collusion between big tech and government, as we talked about earlier, uh, proposals for hate speech, law, hate speech laws, uh, internet ID, um, domestic extremism in the vanilla ISIS PSYOP. You know what I mean? Like we're getting this complete like propaganda push. Did you say vanilla ISIS? Vanilla ISIS PSYOP. Oh, okay. That's the white domestic extremism. Wow. You haven't heard that before? No, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And I want, now, as we see this push, this coordinated push, all in this one direction, right, is what this is, these are acts of desperation from the state. Think of them as cornered pack dogs, right? Mm-hmm. And they're getting desperate. Yeah. Or what we are essentially seeing is... Think of this ideology as a giant Ponzi scheme, and it is a Ponzi scheme. And all people have woke, enough people woke up, you know, over COVID, for example, yep. and are going like, "I want my money. I, want, I need to withdraw my money." And they're desperate. They're like, "Oh shit!" And so when we see this coordinated push for all these things that I, I talked about, you know, what I mean, this like war on disinformation and vanilla psyop and everything, like this, these are acts of desperation. Like you're. You being awakened, mm-hmm. your awareness to what's going on, the fuckery that went on with yeah, COVID. It's freaking billions them of out. dollars going to you know, Israel and Ukraine. And people finally starting to ask questions. People are actually freaking out right now. They're freaking out. Yes. That is a good thing. This is what we want. Yeah. And we need the more and it's more and more people are waking up every day. This is a great thing. That's not gonna it, that's the thing about uh, the white pill doesn't mean everything's gonna be easy. No, it's like, going to be bloodshed in the streets. It's going to be terrible, <laughs> but we have to we there's a price to be paid for all of the transgression that we've lived through from the moment that our country was founded and we were independent from a monarch who was ruling over us and basically enslaving us. Well, that's probably too far, but to the point we are now where we've just grown right back into an even worse situation. Right. There's, you know, the 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 ban has to be paid. Yes. It's going to suck. Yeah. But it's for the good. Right. And so as James, who I feel, he, or he feels that I owe him some form of kind of apology for licking his hand. Is this about on, the on hand the licking? Again? Yes. Okay. What? You know, if you're going to stick your hand in my fucking mouth, I'm going <laughs> to lick it. That's just how it's going to be. Uh, but he always wants solutions. So this is for James. I'm extending the olive branch, you know. Bitch, 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 bitch. How about some fucking solutions finally, right? Yes. So here's a solution. All of us and the people you talk to, challenge yourself to transcend the left-right paradigm, right? Break out of this two-party illusion clown show. You know, when you find yourself muttering like, uh... Don't talk to them. They're conservatives. You know, I'm not going to be their friend anymore, as you were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Or I'm not going to talk to that guy. He's a left or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to filter his entire, basically, existence on this planet through some kind of political paradigm. Get past that. Find yourself. Like, catch yourself in those moments. And don't let yourself fall into those thinking patterns. Like, transcend this entire paradigm. It has been intentionally manufactured to distract and basically create division. They're banking on this fucking clown show that you're not paying attention to what is actually going on. Amen. Sorry for licking your hand, James. Don't need money. Don't take fame. 
Run.